Welcome to the VF Podcast. My name is Caleb Hunt, and I am joined here by my co-host and dear friend, John Gerlach. John, tell the people they want to know how you're doing. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. Oh, my gosh. Fine. Oh, my gosh. This week, man, 2021, um, what a... Uh, what a whirlwind it's already been. Yeah. I, all the memes that I've seen of like people holding up drinks and they're like, we're a week into 2021, but here's to 2022. Yeah. <laughs> we're This year's already a dumpster fire. Yeah, um, I literally sent this text last night here. I'll, I'll pull it up. But basically, it was just saying, like, it, we've made it one week. One week we've made it, and I am ready. I said... Uh, Oh, maybe I don't know what I said. We might have to cut this out. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> I, uh, it was up in the chat. Um, I found a, like I saw a friend who's been posting prior to 2021 saying, like, y'all just wait. Like, 2021 is not going to be the year of hope or revival <laughs> for, like, it's going to be yeah. maybe worse, probably worse. And then literally yesterday was like, I told y'all about 2021. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we get it. <laughs> But right away, he's correct. <laughs> literally, I was like five days ago. I was like looking at everybody's words for the year and like their hope and all yeah. this stuff, um, which I think is still important because even though like it's going to be harder to navigate like you know everything that's going to happen in 2021 because it's just getting started. It's uh, I don't know. I think it's important to cling to some sort of hope and still have some sort of expectation for your own life and ways in which you want to grow and those things. So Yeah, that's actually something I've been holding on to. Before we get into the topic today, which we're going to talk a little bit about what happened uh, Wednesday, I think that was the 6th, mm-hmm. um, at the Capitol building. If you guys are listening to this like far in the future, you'll you'll remember what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> it'll be in textbooks for the rest of your kids' lives. Yeah, it'll, so. it'll be around. It'll be a day that goes uh, down in infamy. But one thing that I've been trying to focus on just since then, like yesterday and today a little bit, is just this thought of controlling what I can control. Because hmm. um, there's there's so much in the world that is out of our control. And I think as as followers of the ways of Jesus, we we like to think and we've been told so long that God is in control. You know, God is in control. Right. Um, theologically, I, I'm not... I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, just biblically, uh, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily true. It is in a sense, right? I think in the end, um, all will, all will be well, mm-hmm. and so in that way, I think God is in control. Um, but in the meantime, it seems like we kind of call the shots at yes. some level, yes. you know. And so, um, yeah, for me, I'm I've just been trying to control what I can control because politicians are going to do what politicians do to maintain power and Mm -hmm. rich people are going to do what they're going to do to maintain their sense of wealth and status. And so, yeah, I'm I'm trying to control what I can control, Caleb. That's, that's maybe that's my new posture of, of 2021. I think that's great. Honestly. (laughs) I mean, I think going back to that statement that you made, I feel like a lot of Christians will say like, Oh, God's in control as a way to scapegoat their own responsibility. Uh, People are, I, I think we oftentimes downplay the amount of authority that God has given us in our own lives to make decisions that impact not just ourselves, but people around us and the world. Um, Yeah. I even go back to like the creation narrative, like 
God creates these people, right? And instantly says, you're in charge of this place. Mm -hmm. And yet we were still like, well, God's in control of everything. Well, like, th that's from the get-go. Right. Like, that right. happens. Yes. It's like, you're in charge of all the animals and the trees. And, you know, this whole earth thing, you're yeah. in charge of that. And also, if, like, you sin, the rest of humanity is cursed. So, uh, <laughs> awesome. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I'll be here. You yeah, know, but, be... <laughs> but I'll be here. And I think that's the beautiful thing. Yeah. And, like, the thing I'm trying to cling on to, like, control what I can control. And know that in the times of chaos, like, God is still present, mm. and that's enough. Yeah. You know? And the Lord does provide. Like, I think there are times, yeah. especially when things happen outside of our control, that, like, God comes in and rescues us. I think, you know, even the story of Jesus, like, even though we had a huge part in that narrative, like, that's just a perfect example of God coming into the middle of a mess and making it a miracle, as pastors would say. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm I'm not theologically to a place where I don't think God is at work in reality. Yes, right. Um, I think God is at work. Always, but I think so. I think more often than not, there are movements by the Spirit to inspire people to work. Yeah. Right? And so that's, why, that's where the church is called to be the hands and the feet because, yeah... Man, it can come from heaven, but it doesn't do that very often. Right. Right. So maybe it's our job to feed people that are hungry, clothe people that are naked, give people water that are thirsty, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Anyways, this yeah. is a big side trail. <laughs> we <laughs> could talk about this stuff all day, though. I this feel is like. not what we're here yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah. today. Um, so I really feel like, you know, what happened a couple of days ago was monumental um, and not in a good way. It yeah. was uh, devastating. Um, for our country, it was an embarrassment for yeah. our country. Yeah. Um, the rest of the world was watching and is watching. And, uh, I, I think that we lost a lot of respect globally for what happened a couple of days ago. And I think it will be something that our kids will learn about when they're in school. And, uh, it, it's truly something that is, there are so many things that happened last year that were such an eye opener for America. And I feel like this event is no different. Yeah. Um, I feel like it just further escalates and reveals um, really the the negative narrative that we find ourselves in right now. Um, it's devastating. Yeah, I'm reminded of this like thing that happened when I was young. I think I I don't remember it was it was during the wars in the middle. We're still in the wars in the Middle East. Um, but one of the countries recently had an election. It was Iraq or Iran or Afghanistan, something like that. They recently had an election, and you know, I think the guy that America wanted to win didn't win, and so they were called foul and stuff like this. Um, and I remember asking, you know, my parents, like, well, if, if the election was fixed, then, like, why don't they just, like, stop it? And they said, well, the election wasn't actually rigged. This is just something you say. Like, mm -hmm. this is part of their culture. Whenever you lose, you just, you say, oh, well, it must have been cheating, and you cause a big stink, and then everybody moves on with their lives. Right. But that's something that happens over there, right? Yeah. That's something that happens not in America. We have secure elections. We have elections where we, we just trust the results. We, we transfer power. We move on. Yeah. Um, we're not different. No. <laughs> I yeah. This, this is just confirmation that um, America, we're not that special. No. I, I've been taught my whole life that we are. And this is just further confirmation that we are just the same as everybody else. Or worse. Worse in many ways, yes. right? I think about the uh, the military-industrial complex and um, how we're the world superpower and make like weapons that we mm -hmm. sell to all sorts of different people. Um, anyways, yeah, I digress. But yeah, like we're not different. 
The no. same thing happened. I literally, when we, Haley and I were watching it in the living room, everything going down, um, and the news anchor literally was like, this is something in my experience that I have only seen happen in a third world country. Like this yeah. stuff does not happen in countries that are close to our level, let alone America, who has so much influence globally. Like this is truly uh, like an embarrassment. Can you imagine like seeing election coverage in like Switzerland and you just see like all these Swiss people <laughs> like just like storming their capital building? Yeah, like it's nuts. Yeah. And I no wonder people are like, what in the world is happening yeah. there? But I think like and I've been saying this for three years now, because I think when Donald Trump first got elected, I was like, okay, this sucks, but like I never really understood the weight and influence that he would carry among people who are uh, very right-wing conservative. And since the minute that he has taken office, it has been nothing but the victim game. Like, mm. they are against me. They are lying. This is the result of their untruthfulness. But we're going to rise up and we're going to achieve and we're going to be better. And it's time that people started recognizing who we are as, you know, poor mountain right-wing white people um and i'm not surprised that something like this happened yeah um i think i've been seeing this and noticing it and commenting on it for three years now and like growing up in the sticks of kentucky like on the river where i'm from like i would never put anything past what happened on the sixth yeah against those people like i i I grew up with those people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people who are like that. Yeah. And I know that there were different organizations that they're saying were a part of it who don't actually represent Republicans. And I not all Republicans are bad people. Oh, absolutely not. And I think what happened on that day is like the 0.5% of the right wing. Yeah. Less probably. Yeah. 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 Even less. Um, and so that's, it just wasn't an accurate picture of America, but at the same time it was. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a thing too. I think it's important to distinguish, you know, classical conservatism versus yes. like far right wing politics. Yes. Right. Um, so, like a classical conservative, conservative, you know, they want to be fiscally responsible. Right. Don't tax me. I can take care of myself. Yeah. And you know, if I want to give money, I can give money. Like I, I understand that. I do. Um, but to say that an election was stolen with no actual evidence. evidence no evidence like and that's the thing if they didn't even have an opportunity to like present evidence in courts over the past three months or whatever then like okay that's fine but you had every opportunity to present evidence yeah Th these things were brought to court like mm -hmm. i remember i heard this uh account of giuliani um he was a former mayor of new york now he is trump's personal lawyer he is at this court hearing in pennsylvania and he, like, the judge says to him, wait, so you don't have any real evidence? How dare you waste all of our time with this? Right. I've never seen anything like this. This is the former mayor of New York City, New York City, yeah. who took down the mob in New York City. And, and now is the president of the United States, leader of the free world, his personal attorney, shows up to a court hearing without any evidence. Right. That's bizarre. And, this is bizarre. And what's crazy, I think the other part that's crazy is that people still believe it. 
Yeah. Because of the influence and power that he actually does carry, regardless of whether or not you want to admit that he has it. Right. Um, and the the way that he is able to influence people by skewing the truth, it's like, where does truth even come from? Yeah. And I think that's kind of like that segues into what we really want to talk about today, because I think it's a res- what happened this week is a result of what's happening in our world in our generation right now yeah. is that we are moving to a post-truth world. Yeah. We're moving to a post-truth society. Um, and, and I think you can see that even if you're on Facebook for five minutes, yeah, for sure. uh, because there are people who are right wing crazy, left wing crazy, who believe oddball things without any evidence at all. But instead of actually having a conversation to challenge each other and challenge the beliefs and challenge the ideas and then come to a common ground narrative, what's happened is that we just want to attack whoever comes against what we believe to be as truth. Um, And so I guess like one question that I have, and and I'd love to hear your thoughts first, is like, how do you navigate, um, firstly, as a person, but secondly, as a Christian, living in a world that has no absolute truth. Like that truth is subjective. Yeah, I so this is this is a complicated topic because I do think at some level truth is quote unquote subjective. Like I think mm. I think the the modernist critique that postmodernism offered is important. Right? Yeah. That they're like you can't just compute everything. Not everything is black and white. Like there's a lot of gray. Yeah, and I think that's an important distinction. It questions a lot of things. Like I, I think about even the the postmodern art movement. It, yeah. it brought into question, okay, what is art? What what makes good art? Um, same thing with postmodern philosophy. You know, asking questions of a lot of things. Hmm. Um, and I think those are important questions. What is I think what is truth? How do you define truth? What what if your truth is different than my truth? So yeah. let's let's think of this example. Um, so we're sitting in your basement right now, and there's like a plant to your right, to my left, right? Well, okay, you look at that plant and you say, well, okay, that plant's to the right. And I say, well, that plant's to the left. Hmm. Both things are true. We have a different perspective. Um, Also, you could say, well, that plant's a very, very dark green because the light is on the opposite side. Right. And I can say, oh, that that plant's kind of like a pale yellow because there's a yellow light on that side. Both things are true, but we have different perspectives. Hmm. And so I think an important thing to finding out how to define truth is I need to go sit in your chair. Yeah. And you need to sit in my chair. Hmm. You know, we need to see things from a different perspective. Yeah. And, and what's hard is that in the polarization, I'm not even going to call it the most polarized time in America because we literally had a civil war right. over black people having rights. Yes. If they should be slaves. Yes. Right? We had a civil war over that. So this is not the most polarized time in American history. It's not. Yeah. Um, but it's the most polarized time in, in contemporary history. Um, and, and maybe we've seen something like this, you know, during Vietnam. I don't know. It wasn't alive. Yeah. Um, wasn't here. Wasn't here. <laughs> but I've heard stories. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it's a very polarized time. But what it, what's hard now is that there's no middle ground. Hmm. So, for example, if you if you are a far right uh, leaning person, right? So if you grew up like a conservative person, I grew up kind of a liberal person, um, and and we kept going in that trajectory, and I, I land on the far left and you land on the far right, 
Well, where you exist in the world is different than where I exist in the world. Yeah. So not only geographically, we have a, a more divided populace than ever before in terms of geography, where the cities are, are heavily blue and the rural areas are heavily red, right? Yes. But a lot of our existence is online now, you know? Yeah. And so I exist on completely different chat boards and YouTube streams and algorithms than you do. Yeah. I listen to different podcasts. I, I listen to different crazy people. Right. And and you are on 8chan and, and reading QAnon and all this stuff. Um, and so we exist in completely different worlds. Sure. And I think that's, that's the hard thing because that gap is so much further than it ever has been. Yeah. It's so much further than it ever has been. So I can't just sit in your chair and see from your perspective hmm. because you believe that there's this person named Q that like has an inside scoop on what the president is doing and how he's freeing the sex slaves that right. the Democrats have. Like, that's your reality. Sure. And my reality is, I don't really know very many left-wing conspiracies, but like there are tons out there probably. Oh, yeah. You know, whatever they are. Um, that, that Trump is a secret Nazi and stuff like that. Like, yeah. okay, well, he's not. Yeah. Right? And there's right. there's no underground pizza sex ring. Like, yeah. those things are just, <laughs> there's, there's, it's yeah. not true. Right. Um, but the, the universes that we exist in, I, I think that's, that's maybe the roundabout point I'm making. We live in different universes and there's no more middle ground. Yeah. I think information, you know, playing right off of that is information's never been more accessible. Yeah. And we've never been more connected, in quote, out quote, connected than we are right now, thanks to the internet and social media platforms. And I think, you know, 50 years ago, what made um, America so different, like what made um, those times so different is because the internet was non-existent. Like if you wanted to figure something out, it was the newspaper, it was the news, it was talking to people in your life and your viewpoints and like structures in a way that you think were built upon the people who were in your community. Mm -hmm. And now you have unlimited access to whatever community you choose to be a part of. Um, but I actually think that's a bad thing. It's not a good thing anymore. Yeah. Um, I, in theory, it sounds like it would be a good thing, but it's not. Yeah. Because there's so much information that like, truth really does become subjective. And I think to some degree, like truth has to become, what we've considered to be truth has to come to a subjective level because I mean otherwise it would be impossible for white people to realize what a black experience is like here in America right. you know being um, abused and murdered constantly for generations by uh, the forces at hand um, the police force and different things like that like there's a racial issue that is still existent but like me rural white Caleb growing up who's 15 who has one black kid in his school like I would have never known that black people were actually oppressed. I would have just said, Oh, we're all free. Yeah. But it's not until I was able to surround myself with people who are a different color than me, who come from a different background than me, um, who experience different things than me, that I'm able to actually see what real truth actually looks like. Right. Um, and so it's, I think that one thing that you said that really hit the nail on the head for me is truth at some level it's, and correct me if I'm misquoting you, Truth at some level has to be subjective because our experience tailors what truth means to us. Yeah. Uh, but also at another level, like there's the other extreme of 
truth can be so subjective that we don't really know what truth is. And even if there's support and there's facts and there's different outliers to prove, hey, this is actually truth, that no longer matters because it's whatever my experience says that it is. Yeah. That's what's truth. And I think that's the con- like the internal war that we have with our own feelings. And I don't know. I just feel like it's the two extremes are so present yeah. today. Um, and I, I don't feel like we've done a great job as a country or just as people living in this country um, finding that middle ground between subjective and actually this is what truth is. Yeah, and this is where I think, I don't know, re- more recently I, I've realized that I've been drawn over the years to more scientific people, right? Um, I'm not a scientific person. I don't have a, a very calculated mind. Yeah. Like, I did fine in physics or whatever in high school, but this right. was like high school physics, you know, like everybody yeah. does fine in high school right. physics. Um, so my mind doesn't really work that way. So that's why I'm drawn to people who are more analytical in that way. Um, um, more concrete in their thinking in that kind of way um, because there are concrete objective answers. Mm -hmm. They're not subjective answers. They're objective answers. Like the the scientific method is great. I did this repeatable test and I got this repeatable result. Right. That means this is repeatable. Like this is as close to truth as we can get. Right. Um, Which is, which is great. Yeah. So I, I'm drawn to that kind of thinking more and more. And even in the fitness space, you know, like yeah. I, I have learned the science, a lot of scientific principles about how to get people bigger, stronger, faster, leaner, whatever. Like I, I've had to learn that right. because if that's, it's just not overly subjective. Now how you apply it hmm. is subjective to person to person, right? right? Because your body is different than my body. So we respond in slightly different ways, but there are still these objective things like, um, like overload, for example. So Caleb has been working out in my basement lately. Uh, three three times a week, he's been doing great. He's been coming. That's what you want to call it. Yeah. Or if working out is what you want to call it. It is. <laughs> we're working out. Yeah. Um, and so I've been putting you through linear progressive overload. Yeah. Now, you don't know what that means. Sure. Um, but I do, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I can I can progress you in, in this scientific way, but it's different than the way I progress, right? So you might get... From, from now to 12 weeks from now, you might get 10 to 20% stronger. That's great. Yeah. That's really great. Me, 12 weeks from now, if I'm lucky, I can get like 1% to 5% stronger. Yeah. You know, because we're, we're different people, but we're using the same principles. So I think there's this scientific mind that I'm drawn to um, in regards to truth. Um, and that's why I really respect the sciences. Like mm. Whenever it comes to cli- climate change, I respect climate scientists yeah when it comes to fitness and nutrition and stuff like that i respect the scientists Hmm. um because they know what they're talking about they they deal in some form of truth i think my more free thinking like i'm a naturally more free thinking kind of person more artistic kind of person creative person right i also think that's why i'm drawn to the person of jesus Hmm. so like i know we said like okay outside of the you know outside of christianity But I can't separate truth from the person of Jesus right. um, because there's a truth there that I'm always drawn back to, mm-hmm. right? He, he said that he is the truth. Um, and so whenever I read the accounts, the gospel accounts, I see the way he acts with people and I see the way he interacts with people, the love he has for people, the forgiveness, the healing, the, the harshness against injustice. I'm like, okay, there's truth there too. Yeah. 
And so whenever I see people storming the Capitol building, waving a Jesus flag, I saw I saw an actual like Christian flag, you know what I'm talking about? It's like a white flag with like the blue in the corner and the yeah. red cross. There was a cross. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think there was a cross. Yeah. Um and I saw a Jesus save sign. So whenever I see those people storming the Capitol, um, and and some people said that they're they're God's army, right? Um, Modern and, day crusaders. And I even heard a church recently that was just like, yeah, these people are going to the military and they're going to fight for God and country. I'm like, okay. So whenever you exist in just a completely different world. I, I, I'm kind of rambling here. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Um, like we, we even see Jesus, the truth differently. Yes. And so I guess, I don't know. I want you to riff on it a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm kind of just at a loss. I, I, I'm feeling a little bit hopeless Yeah. in regards to will we find middle ground even as the church or will we find middle ground politically? Will we find middle ground ever? Yeah. So that we can see another perspective and, and figure out, okay, what is the semblance of truth? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, as an Enneagram 7 and somebody who wants to be completely hopeful all the time, um, I've never lived in a space where our country has looked like this. Yeah. Um, I know at some point we will recover and move forward and be better. I do honestly believe that. I don't know if we'll see it in our lifetime. Maybe, but yeah. I, maybe not. But I mean, I, I think kind of, well, and, and one question real quick. Yeah. Do we have to, like, what if we don't recover? I think, yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. Like I heard this comedian say one time where like world, world superpowers can't say world superpowers forever. Like you had, you had Egypt, you had Babylon, you had Rome, you had China, like right. you have these superpowers, England for a while and now it's America. Right. And that's great. But like. People think that if we're not number one, then we're going to just be like some desolate wasteland. Like I saw somebody on my Facebook said, um, now that the Democrats have stolen the country, uh, we are going to be a third world wasteland within 10 years. And I'm like, come on. Okay. (laughs) And so like, do we have to quote unquote recover from this? Or can we just like, I don't know, be like Belgium or whatever, like just a normal country. I think that's okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I want. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great to not be like the most powerful um, force on the, on the planet right now. Um, I thought one thing that you said about Christianity that was interesting to me um, was that I'm just baffled by how our personal experience and, and the communities that we do surround ourselves with really can have an effect on what truth is. So for instance, like one of my friends, he's a pastor in Chicago, Chris Griffith. He made a Facebook post. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Interviewed on the pod. He's been on. Shout out to Chris Griffith if he's listening. He gave me a hat. He gave you a hat. We we consider him family here at the (laughs) DF Podcast. Um, But we, uh, he made a Facebook post in regards to the things that were happening or whatever. And I, I think somewhere in that Facebook post, he had mentioned that like, he has hope, um, you know, that he believes that, you know, um, God is going to restore peace and all these things. And there was this guy who made this really long comment about how Christianity is just toxic and like religion is just absolutely ridiculous. And like, what a terrible like theology these people believe where like, 
oh, I, God saying, oh, I love you, but if you don't love me, I'm sending you to hell for the rest of your life to burn in eternity. Um, and I, I just wrote out this response because as I was reading what he was saying, I was like, man, Christianity is nothing like that. Yeah. Like, that's not, that's not, the it's Christ- not Jesus. No, it's yeah. not the Christian faith at all. Yeah. And so I, I just responded and was like, I'm so sorry for the script that you've been handed, you know, living in whatever world context you live in, because that's not, that's not who Jesus is. That's yeah. not what Christianity is. That's not who God is. Um, but in his experience, it is. Yeah. Um, and in the Christians who were a part of storming the Capitol building, um, who God is to them doesn't look anything like who God is to me. Yeah. Um, but I think the underlying truth, and I don't get me wrong, there there are things on both sides of Christianity, progressive, um, lukewarm, and super conservative Christianity. All of those things need addressed. None of us are doing it well. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but the underlying truth there is that there is a certainty and a hope and a faith that there is a God who is providing for me, who is there for me, who pursues a relationship with me. That's why you have so many people who are saying, even though my experience is different, even though my values are different, we're all connected in this weird way of knowing that there is a God who is pursuing creation constantly. Yeah, I, I want to go off what you said there. Um, and I think you kind of pointed to inadvertently the issue with the church in America, because you said on every side and even in the middle, right? The lukewarm the, the far right, the far left Christianity, you said that there is a, a God that's there for me, there to listen to me, there to provide for me. And I think that is the issue with Christianity hmm. right now. Um, everything is is egocentric. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, and that's that's kind of the issue that we've come across um, in postmodernism, like what it's led to, this post-truth of it's all about me. Hmm. It's, it's what I say is true. It's what I feel is right. It's the election was stolen from us. Yeah. Right. Um, and God is here to provide for me. And that is not Jesus. Yeah. Like Jesus didn't go to the Pharisees and say, Hey, you guys got it figured out. I'm for you. Yeah. No, 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 no. He said, I'm not here for you. Like you, you know, the law, right. A doctor comes for the sick. I'm for the other people. Yeah. I'm not giving clothes. To people that have clothes, I'm, I'm giving clothes to people that don't have clothes and feeding people that don't have food. It's it's about other people. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. And I think this is the issue with Christianity. And this is something that we've both experienced working in the church. Like yeah. working in church, you deal with all kinds of people that see things all kinds of different ways, right? Yeah. And you kind of just have to try to make them happy. They all want to be appeased. They yeah. all want to be appeased. And so you have to both be faithful to the the calling that Christ has put on your life mm. as Christ follower yeah. in general, but also in the church yeah. uh, or working in a church. But you have to like also please these people that like their truth is the truth and your truth is the truth. Mm. And, and, and it's never about my neighbor's truth being the truth, right. you know? And so I think what you pointed to inadvertently kind of is the issue. Right. It's, it's all about me and it's never about my neighbor. Yeah. I think also too, just God's hand is behind our politics has always been one of the major issues 
since the beginning of Christianity. So like when Jesus came, like everybody thought that he was going to be this big military person who's going to come yep. and save their people, yep. who's going to save their whatever. So that they can be in power. So that way they could be in power. Yeah. And Jesus came as a refugee who was murdered by the people he came to represent. Yeah. So they, They've done studies about like um, who is going to hell, like who people <laughs> think are going to hell. Um, and it's it's... Everybody answers that they are going to heaven, right? Of course. And, and only people like one step worse than them are going to heaven. Anybody worse than that, oh yeah, they're going to hell, right? right? But but I'm for sure in, right? Yeah. Because God is here for me. And I think this is part of the issue that I have over the years with evangelicalism is it's all about your personal relationship with your personal Lord and Savior, you know? Yeah. And like... I think Jesus is that, is the thing. I, I do think that Jesus, in a very real way, has saved me from who I could have become. Right. I think the Holy Spirit saved me from committing suicide in high school. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. But to, to narrow it down to a personal Lord and Savior, I was taught, some of you gentle listeners know that I am a youth pastor. But when I was in youth group, somebody told me, this was a youth leader, told me, that any time the word you is in the Bible, I can just go ahead and write my name in there. Yikes. What? Yikes. Even, even the word, for God so loved the world, right? I was told, I can just write my name. For God so loved John that he gave. Kind of, yes. Yeah. But the word there is not John. The word there is not even the world. The word there is the cosmos, right? God loved everything yeah the universe right. so much that he became like us and so i i my whole life has been i've been taught that it's about me mm. yeah and and this is the issue i have entering into a post-truth society is like i assume that my truth is correct and of course it is because i'm always right right you know like i yeah. always am i've never been yeah. wrong I think my theological views are the most accurate. Of personally. course they are. Because yeah. <laughs> they're yours. Right. right. They make sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and that, this is with everything, right? My politics are the most right. Yeah. You know? And and that is true. Like, I have I have discovered truth. There are people that are really close. Yeah. And people that I can learn from, but they don't have it all figured out like I do. Right. right. And so I think there is... A lack of understanding of the other side, which leads to us being in a post-truth society. Mm -hmm. And I think also the internet, I'm just going to say it, the internet has led us to a post-truth society. Absolutely. Because it's because we are more connected than ever. That is the reason that we have discovered more self-isolation than ever. Yeah. So 50 years ago, my grandparents had to talk to their neighbors about things they had to talk to their neighbors the people around them yeah. about things yeah right that's who they had to talk to if they didn't agree with their neighbors okay well i heard this other perspective and i love my neighbor i'm going to take care of them if they need something i'll still provide it for them and i can still hear that other perspective now if i don't agree with my neighbors i can never talk to them again and i can find that social interaction with people that agree with me 100 percent. this is how facebook groups like stop the steal come up after the election, right? So this this is what sparked 
the 6th, yeah. January 6th, yeah. is these Facebook groups called Stop the Steal. And then they went on um, the other conservative pages, like, um, I don't even know what they're called. Not pages, but the social media organizations. It's like the uncensored oh, version yes. of Facebook and stuff God, like that. I forget what it's called. Yeah, but there are like two different ones. Yeah. Um, but that's how these groups stop, because Facebook... Facebook is is the is just a liberal puppet, right? Yeah. Um, and so they have to make their own places where only super conservative people can exist, right? And so even even in our technology, we are tra- we are trained, and it is set up to just like feed our egos, right? These algorithms are set up to streamline us and polarize us more and more because the more we are fired up the more time we will spend on that social media platform. Absolutely. The more time we spend on that social media platform, the more we are advertised to. Yeah. And so Mark Zuckerberg, who is an allegedly a left-wing puppet, according to my conservative friends and to my liberal friends, is an alien. I yeah. don't know. Like, low-key is. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, he's, he just makes money off of us spending more time there. So he's going to get us fired up and polarize us more and more. And so the internet has caused us also to enter into a time of post-truth. Yeah. Anyways. Sorry, I just, I feel like I ranted a lot. No, that's okay. This, this whole time. That's okay. I've been feeling things apparently. Yeah. No. I've just been suppressing them for the past couple of days. And I think the things that you're saying, um, the reason why those rants are so helpful and important is because there are so many people who align with those things. And yeah. sometimes it's just good to know that you're not by yourself. Yeah. And then you're not the only one going through it because everything that you just said, I, I align with, like I, I felt that in my spirit. Um, there's a heaviness. Yeah. Like there was a hopefulness naturally going into 2021 because I love new years. Um, and I love to start in the refresh of like this year, I want to be different in these ways. And I, I want culture to be different in these ways. Um, and I have hope, but the heaviness is back. Yeah, the heaviness is back. The heaviness that, is back. That's where, for me, it comes down to controlling what I can control, right? Yeah. I'm trying to take care of my mental health Yeah. before I can help other people. And then I'm also going to challenge myself to try to listen to the other side better. Mm. Like, what, what causes people um, to be far one way or far the other? I, I'm a pretty centrist person politically. Yeah. Um, but I was also coming of age in adulthood in the era of Trump. And so right. I'm, I'm also pretty naturally anti-Trump. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, that might polarize some of our listeners. Um, but Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't think you're bad necessarily. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I have friends who voted for Trump. Yeah. And like a lot of people, but I think there's a difference in being Republican and being pro-Trump, in my opinion. Yeah, and even, I think there's even a, a difference between being pro-Trump and like far right wing yeah. um, conspiracy theorist. Yeah. And and I I'm gonna kind of cast those people aside in a sense of like, okay, I don't care to listen to those. But the, the people who are pro Trump and conservative people, I, I understand conservative ways yeah. of thinking. I understand less pro Trump ways of thinking. So right. I'm gonna try this year to like understand that mm-hmm. ideology a little bit more just right. so I can see a little bit clearer. Yeah. And I think like 
Uh, one documentary that I watched on Hulu that was really helpful was, uh, I think it was called Hillbilly or The Mountain People or something like that. <laughs> but it's literally, like, about people who live in Appalachia who, like, that was... Your a, cousins. Yeah, my cousins. <laughs> so people I grew up with. Um, and I've always kind of... I hopefully no way from my hometown is listening to this. I've always kind of don't worry, yeah. they're not. <laughs> yeah, they're not. <laughs> but I've always kind of grown up like thinking, oh, those people. Like I've yeah. always naturally disconnected from them, yeah. and I'm kind of like I'm not going to be stuck in this small way of thinking. Yeah. Um. But part of that documentary that was so helpful is was showing me how like Appalachian people have been always written off as stupid yeah. have always been written off as like poor dirty unintelligent they're deplorables as right. hillary yeah, clinton the called them yes yeah. um and so i think trump sparked a hope for them of mm. saying like even if we're gonna do it by force we want people to know that we're on the same level with them yeah. because i think society is constantly um and, and i think my mind is going to those super right-wing people mm. Um, but also to like pro-Trump supporters yeah. who grew up in rural areas like myself, um, they're of that mindset of we finally have somebody who's for us who doesn't think that we're just a bunch of idiots. Yeah, and I think I think like the critique of the quote-unquote coastal elites, I think that's a fair critique. Yeah, you know, like absolutely, I, I, it's not true 100 percent across the board, obviously. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think it's a fair critique of like people on the coasts who are college educated or above are somewhat elitist. Yeah, I, I come from one of those families. You know, I grew up in Pennsylvania, which is, you know, East Coast. Both my parents have uh, master's degrees. I have family with PhDs. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I wouldn't consider them elitist by any means. Um, and they're also conservative. So it's not a great example. But, like, I, I've seen it firsthand. Like, I grew up in a college town. Yeah. And I had pretentious friends whose parents were college professors and doctors and, you know, PhDs and things like that. And like, I can see it. I get that critique. Yeah. And so like, I'm, yeah, I want to, I want to feel, I want to hear that middle ground. Yeah. uh, Better at least. And I think the best way that we can find unity, um, find that middle ground between people of both sides of the faith spectrum, both sides of the political spectrum, both sides of the educational spectrum um, and it, this was actually the thing that was the most impactful with taking theology with our theology professor in college. Dr. Eric Vail. Dr. Eric Vale, shout out <laughs> to Dr. Eric Vale, who's not listening to this. So. Not by any means. <laughs> not by any means, because um, he's reading way more uh, important and uh, you know professional work. Um, but one thing that he said that was very, very powerful, and it was kind of the conclusion to that class is, to be a Christian in the postmodern world, and I think even just to be a person, um, everything that you do, your way of living, your way of thinking, because at the end of the day, there's nobody who's going to convince me that Jesus isn't absolute truth. Mm. Um, that's what truth is to me. It's Christ. Yeah. And that Christ is here and among us and constantly moving and pursuing and wooing us closer to him because that's what he created us for was connection and relationship. Um but everything that I do in order, if I want other people to be on board with it, if I want people to be included, I have to constantly invite them. Yeah. And I think the church has taken this stance, but also just individuals our age and especially younger Gen Z and everything else that comes after that. This is all they've ever seen. Yeah. But the way that I get you on board is to convince you that I'm right. Yeah. I have to convince you 
or I have to challenge you or I have to discredit and dis like take your voice away from you. Yeah. Um, it's never, hey, even though we don't see things alike, come and live this experience. Yeah, let's let's live life together a little bit. Let's see what that tension looks like yeah. and the beauty that it can create. Um, and that's harder to do than to say. Yeah. Because me personally, after what I just watched on the 6th, uh, literally, I told Haley, I was like, anybody who tries to defend what happened today can literally get out of my life. <laughs> like, I want nothing to do with you. Right. And that was my that was my first response. You got reaction. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's the problem when we don't actually acknowledge ultimate truth. And that is, I live on this earth with these people. Like, mm. these people regardless of whether or not they're into my immediate experience, they're a part of my worldly experience. Right. Um, and so to discredit them only further creates more chaos. Yeah. It doesn't unite and it doesn't bring together and it doesn't bring hope and there's no change. Yeah. And if there is change without hope, it's not good change. Yeah. So I think moving forward, like as people who live in this country, in this world, and especially as Christ followers, we have to, hit harder on the emphasis of inviting people to be a part of our experience and inviting ourselves to be a part of theirs and living in this shared experience versus trying to convince people that the way that we think, live, act, and breathe is better than theirs. Yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap up because that's kind of always been the call of Christ's followers is to bridge the gap, Hmm. right? To reach out and, and to invite in and also to like invite yourself into their lives. Yeah. Right? Like Jesus did that with Zacchaeus. Like, oh, yeah, you're a tax collector, but I'm going to invite myself into your home and, and we're going to be together. We're going to eat. We're going to talk. I'm going to get to know you. Yeah. Um, and on that day, the whole house was changed. Yeah. And on that day, the whole house was changed. And all they did was have lunch. Yeah. Um, and so I think maybe that's where we wrap it up is like, how do we exist in a post-truth society is as people who believe that Christ is like ha- has at least some... Um, some truth, right? That that Christ is truth in some sense. To be a people that that bridge the gap. Yeah, man. I'm interested to hear. Any... I, I feel a little bit better. Yeah, I ranted for about yeah. an hour and a half. Sometimes you off. just gotta get it out of your system. <laughs> Gosh dang it! But I'm really interested. I want to know. Um, anyone who is listening to this, I'd love to know your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I want to know what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, what you feel like. Uh, is happening right now and how you're doing through it. Yeah. Um, and so if you're interested in being a part of this conversation, uh, let's chat. We have a, uh, we have an email. Um, it's the VF podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us a question, thoughts. We I'll respond to every single one of them. I always try to. Um, and then also we're on social media. So like private message, DM, comment, whatever. If you felt like this conversation was helpful, do us a favor, share it with a friend, um, leave us a review, an honest review, even though, you know, John and I would love five stars. Um, we would, uh, you know, our egos are, are not the most important thing right now. So um, be honest. We'd love your feedback um, and we cherish it and we definitely take it into account um, as we continue to do more episodes on topics like these. And so um, I want to say thank you so much for listening. John, any final thoughts, anything? Love y'all. Love y'all. All right, peace. Thank you.